This episode of the Ottawa Entrepreneurs Podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They act as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that grow your business. For a free workshop, email them at workshop at extensionmarketing.com. Now here's your host, Pat Whalen. On this episode of the podcast, I speak with Shannon and Chris, co-founders of Fansaves. It's the first to market sports app that they developed two years ago. Both Shannon and Chris are former athletes and they share how that training prepared them to be successful entrepreneurs. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi there, this is Shannon Ferguson, co-founder and CEO of Fansaves. And I'm Chris McCarthy. I'm a co-founder and COO of Fansaves. And we're so excited to be on the Ottawa Entrepreneurs Podcast. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's It's an honor. So why don't you introduce yourselves and your company to our listeners, please? I'm Chris McCarthy and so I'm uh, Shannon Ferguson. We're the co-founders of Fansaves um, and yeah, we're so excited to be here. Fansaves is really taking off and uh, we're excited to share it with, uh, with the world. Nice. So, so what does Fansaves do? Uh, yeah, so we're a mobile app and what we do is we offer discounts and deals to sports fans from the sponsors of their favorite teams. So you can download our app for free, you can follow your favorite teams, and then you get access to discounts and deals that are provided by their sponsors that you can redeem at the point of purchase, just like a traditional coupon. And the meat and potatoes of our business is that every time a person redeems a deal, both the sponsor and the teams get to actually uh, track return on investment and customer data in their own dashboards. So we're really solving that problem where a lot of um, sports teams, when they're out selling sponsorship, they're selling rink boards, scoreboard ads, jersey logos. But those things, those traditional methods of adver- advertising, advertising really aren't um, activating their fan base. Right. Well, and that's and, fancy and we talked before when you guys know my background, 20 years in the sports business, and that was an issue 20 years ago before there was digital and it was an issue is recently when I was involved, you know, five years ago. So this is an, you guys are right on trend with this great idea. What's really interesting is like we solve this to solve our own pain point, but then we quickly realized that there's so many other industries that have the same problem. Uh, so since we've started, we've actually, uh, we've got two BIAs on, we've got an esports team, we've got two major universities as well as sports teams, but we've even been approached by chambers of commerce, events, festivals, and we're looking at the single athlete celebrity space as well. So there's lots of versatility towards our app. And Fancy has really started organically in the sports world. Chris and I were managing uh, two minor pro sports teams and we were outselling sponsorship and we kept both running into the same problems where um, a lot of businesses wanted to sponsor and support the team, but they didn't just want a scoreboard ad or a, um, an advertisement in the program or a coupon uh, to give out. And they said even if they did do something like that, they wouldn't know who actually was coming in their stores because of it. So like Chris said, we were solving our own pain point. We were working on commission. We wanted to make more money. So we created something that we could sell. And then soon after realized that we could help a lot more teams. And now it's just snowballing into so many other verticals. Very cool. So you're two years now? Uh, Just under two years. It was two summers ago that we were out selling sponsorship and came up with the idea. Wow. And how has the journey been the last couple of years? Um, you know, people describe entrepreneurship as a roller coaster and like that could not be more true. We've had like some amazing ups, uh, you know, we've had like a lot of like challenges and struggles that we've grinded through to get to this point. Uh, but I think that's all part of entrepreneurship and being a success- successful entrepreneurship is going through those, uh, those tough times. So. 
Yeah, and people are people are always like, yeah, it it is a roller coaster, right? It's like a monthly, weekly roller coaster, and we're like, no, it's an okay, hourly roller coaster. <laughs> like yeah, we yeah. are holding on by the seat of our yeah, pants yeah. sometimes. So yeah. a lot of people are like, we get it, and we're like, do you? So the people who've been there, we know that they get it because yeah. they know that it's like up by the minute, like you said. I, I've got a good friend of mine, and is the he's the COO of a, of a major corporation. I won't say his name or the corporation, but. He was trying to argue with me over uh, over an adult beverage a while back that he understands what I'm going through as an entrepreneur. I said, you do not. He goes, yeah, but I run this big company. I said, but you don't. <laughs> you're not thinking of cash flow at night. You're not thinking of payroll. You're not, you're not worried about those things. You got other, it's not that it's not challenging, but it's just not the same thing. Has that been your experience as well when you're talking to people? Yeah, like we were just talking about that, like in the car before we, we got here, we're like, you know, like we used to work other jobs and, you know, we're working so hard for other people. But like when we go through the tough times uh, and the struggles, we always like remind ourselves, like we're doing this for us, like this is our baby and like we're growing it. So like going through those growing pains is like easier to get through than, you know, having to wake up on Monday morning and being like, oh, I hate going to work, you know, like we can't wait. We go to, to sleep on Sunday nights and we're like super excited to wake up in the morning and get grinding. So nice. Mondays are exciting for us. It's a new week, yeah. but often too, people are like, Oh, Mondays are coming. And we're like, but every day we're working. It's not like we have weekends off, but we don't care that we don't have weekends off. So for us, we're like, yeah, it's Monday, but we just put a full work day in on Sunday and a full work day on, in on Saturday. So yeah, it's Monday. It's just another grind. And to that yeah. point too, like we've got to do some pretty amazing things. Like we've been to over like 35 major conferences, um, like three, we've represented Canada three different times uh, internationally, just as recently as Berlin a couple weeks ago. So we get to go to these amazing places and it's, you know, people talk about work-life balance. Well, like we have that because we get to do it every day and it's, yeah. it's amazing. The, the, the regular, listeners, regular listeners of the podcast are going to hate when I say this because I say it all the time, but it's, it's so true. It, as entrepreneurs, we don't have work-life balance. We have work-life integration. <laughs> totally. So I, mean, I can't take credit for that. It's a Tony Robbins thing, <laughs> and, but he's 100% right. I, I was trying to figure out, okay, what is this exactly? It's not work-life balance. I know that for sure, but it's also... So I'm not complaining, so it's not bad. So what is it? And I think that's a good way of putting it. It's so true. And I think only the people that really live it can really understand it. I mean, yeah. so work-life balance is like the, the the buzzword that people say, but it really is. It's integration. It's your every waking hour. It's really hard for me to like turn off my brain. You know, I'm always trying <laughs> to like think of the next idea or like what happened in this meeting and how we can improve. And sometimes Shannon's like, Hey, it's eight o'clock. It's time to watch big brother. Like <laughs> yeah. put your phone down. And, yeah. um, that's our life. Yeah. And we're, we're lucky that we have each other, uh, because we're co-founders, we're also dating. Yeah. Uh, so we actually um, spend basically 24-7 together, but it's good where we can balance each other out with that, where we can say, like, you know, we can't burn out because, like, mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we're that balance that is is actually there. So we started this whole thing. You guys were talking about, you know, this kind of ups and downs. Is there anything, any techniques or anything you'd recommend to our listeners as a way to try to stay even keeled? I know it's only been a couple of years, but I'm sure there's been some really key, um, uh, you know, lessons you've learned along the way so far. Um, don't stop holding on when the roller coaster is, uh, is getting crazy. And I think for us, we always... Um, we live by the mantra that everything happens for a reason um, and that even when the bad things happen or things that aren't necessarily like part of the our plan or part of our journey, we we try to spin it in a way that, OK, this is happening. It has to be for a reason. 
and try to see that like there's, there will be a positive outcome from it. And it always ends up being a positive outcome. So, you know, there's stress just comes with it, you know, Mm -hmm. but whenever you look at it and change your mindset and actually see it as, okay, there's a reason behind this, something better will come out of this, or this will work out. I think it helps relieve those stresses. So true. And for me, um, something really cool in my whole life, like I've played um, hockey, like at the highest level I could play. I played like seven years minor pro and, um, you know, up until a couple of years ago I was playing and then, you know, I didn't, I, you know, I retired, started, you know, started working for the team, started the business. Um, but really cool last winter, something I got to do for myself that kind of like let me have some time for myself and to kind of decompress was I, I built a 30 by 60 foot outdoor rink in our side yard. And, um, you know, every morning at 7 a.m., I'd go out and skate by myself for an hour, throw on the headphones, just wheel around with a puck. And for me, that's like my escape. Um, from all the stress, I can just like clear my head. And now in the summertime, uh, I've built a garden and I'm, you know, doing the whole green thumb thing and, um, you know, just getting up early and having that time for yourself to just get prepared for the day and kind of uh, decompress. It really helps. And I think too, like Chris and I both grew up playing hockey, playing sports. Mm. We have kind of been conditioned to like to win, but to know what goes into winning, to know that it's, it's not always like trophies and medals, but that you actually have to put the work in and, and practice and get better and, and know that there are going to be losses, but to grow from them. So I think taking that mindset and applying it to our business has really, um, it's, we've been fortunate enough to be able to do that. Yeah, no, it's interesting. There's a, there's an athlete, an athlete understands or uh, uh, the, that it's a process equals outcomes, right? You can't just focus on the outcomes. Okay, what's the day-to-day stuff you want to do? And I find the entrepreneurs that uh, are not successful, they don't want to do the daily. They, they, they want the, the big dream, which is great, but unless you're willing to, you know, we've used the term grind a lot, and I know it's a buzzword right now, and it is. It makes sense because that's what it, it is a grind, but it's those day-to-day activities that you have to do on a regular basis in order to have success. I'll throw out another buzzword uh, that we like to use is like showing up, you know, like we, like I said, we've been to over 35 major conferences, like within a year, uh, you know, we put like 40,000 kilometers on our cars between the two of us, uh, just for business, you know, and like, we do not, we, we, people always tell us like, they're, Oh my God, you guys are everywhere. And yeah, like we, we go to where we need to go to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, we, we never say no. And I think that's something that we really pride ourselves on is yeah. being resourceful and actually showing up. Whether it's like a small, um, you know, a small event or a big event, we take it all as like something that for us that we can learn from. And I think so many people, you know, show up and they just show up to gain, you know, for themselves. But I think for us, we're always showing up and we're always saying like, how can we help you and I think so many you know people in general not just entrepreneurs are always just like how can I gain from this how can I get take 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 and for us we're always like how can we also help you and I think that's just been uh that's natural for us and I think that's kind of helped in uh in the connections that we've made I find anytime I'm, I'm coaching any uh, athlete turned entrepreneur, <clears throat> the way I explain to them is you got to look at the day. The day to day is like practice. Yeah. You're playing your game once a week, whatever sport you're in. Wonder how, how often that is, but it's a daily practice that's going to make you make you, those games succeed for you. It's the same with entrepreneurship. I find. Shannon mentioned like you know we both played competitive sports yeah. growing up, and we both have that mentality. And so for us being a sports tech app, we're trying to like extend that culture into our office. So all of the people that work for us. Mm-hmm are you know have played competitive sports um and like have the same characteristics and qualities that we have and that we look for in employee 
opportunities. And I think that helps us grow even faster because we're all like competitive and we all want to win. Uh, but we all understand what it takes to win. And it's, it's great to have that culture in the office. I think it's so important. And I think just on, on that note too, we, we unfortunately had to recently like let someone go. And the way we explained it to our team was, you know, when you're on a team and if one person isn't pulling their weight, the whole team, that whole line isn't going to be successful. So for us, you know, it's, it's hard to be in those moments where you have to do something like that. But for us, whenever you think of it with a sports analogy, you're like, okay, that person would get benched in, in a game. You know, that person might be cut from the team because you always have to think ahead and you have to think about what's best for the overall vision. Do you guys have any recommendations for anyone that's listening that may be struggling with their culture currently that maybe does not have that ideal situation or of, of people that get it naturally, the, the competitiveness? Is there any suggestions you would have to any of our listeners that may be struggling with their corporate culture a little bit? Um, try to find people that have like a similar passion for obviously the business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I don't think I would be as passionate about like like a massage health and wellness app as I am about sports tech. I think that's really important. And um, don't just hire right away, but like take the time to like properly vet that person, grow that relationship and know that they're on the same level as you are before you hire them. Um, Then you don't have to deal with a person that's not into it and into the culture. Once you've hired them, it's, it's a lot easier to make that decision, but And I think sometimes like as your company grows, a lot of people are like, okay, well, the next step is to hire. Like the next step is that we have to hire someone. But a lot of times, like for us, Chris and I had to, you know, we tried to hire, then we had to pull back because we said we can do a lot of this ourselves. Like we're at the point where now we do need to hire. But I think a lot of times like society and and other people are in your ears saying, okay, you need to hire because that's what traditionally would happen. But for us, I think the fact that we really invested so much of our time and really, really did the work, um, now the people that we're hiring and bringing on, they see how hard we've worked and they're more invested because they see the long-term vision. So mm-hmm. we're, we don't just hire people to come in and to just work, you know, part-time or just, you know, because it's it's a job. We really are hiring people who see the path that we're taking, the path that we're on. So we, I think that makes a difference. Yeah, totally. And we both have had employers where like we weren't giving the proper training and like, you know, the culture wasn't right. So having learned from those experiences we know like what we want to provide for our employees to keep it like a loose fun but like also a very competitive culture and i think we're and working in sports tech is really cool you know we have our office set up we have mini putt we have a basketball net (laughs) so like having that culture it like the sports industry is just an innately fun industry so we're lucky in that sense where we just have a really cool office space we go to really cool and fun events and again, those are the people that we hire think that's cool as well. So yeah, yeah. it's just, uh, we're lucky in that sense. That's nice. And it's funny, you know, we talked earlier about, uh, well, you know, practice and, and, and processes and everything. It's the same with uh, trying to establish a corporate culture. You, you know, you can't just put a vision statement or a mission statement on the wall and tell your staff once and expect everybody, okay, that's it. We're done with that. Right. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned investments. Are, are you, are you, you mentioned, uh, Chris, you worked for companies where they didn't really invest in their employees. So is there, is there investments that you're making in your, in your team or your staff? It doesn't be financial, but yeah. are there things you're doing that maybe you'd want to share with our listeners? 
we're we're lucky, like because we've participated in so many different events um, and, and pitch competitions and things. When even if sometimes we don't win, if we even place in the top three, oftentimes there's like these prizes. So um, even get in the ring, we got to go to Berlin and represent Canada on the global stage. But part of that, we also get sales training. So it's not just Chris and I that go. We bring our employees and we get this like really elaborate, you know, training, and we allow our employees to come in on it and learn as well. So for us, you know, people are like, oh, you're pitching a lot. Are you pitching too much? Is there, are you doing too much? But for us, like we get so much value out of that and the the prizes that come along with, or even the networking that we make that we're allowed or we're able to then pass that on to our employees who then, you know, we're training them every day and, and teaching them what we know, but now we're able to give them even more. Yeah. And just to build on that, like, um, we're really proud of our advisory board that we built. We've got 10 like well-rounded advisors and all like aspects of business. So, um, you know, we take advantage, not take advantage, but we, we bring those advisors in to meet with our staff and pass on their knowledge from all of their industries that, um, you know, can relate to what we're going through in our business, such as like, um, you know, like sales training and, uh, you know, like marketing and like, it's been really helping because like, we don't know everything and we realize that, but like being able to lean upon these people that have these experiences that have been there, um, and can teach our employees as well as us at the same time. It's, it's a huge win-win. I think being honest with your employees too, mm-hmm. and like telling them like, listen, I don't know everything. There's a lot of things like we're learning as we go. And if when we're honest with our employees, then they're like, okay, they're real people. Like they understand that like we are helping them as best as we can. And we're so committed to, you know, every week we talk to our employees one-on-one and we say, what can we give you? What can we help you with? What can we do better? And then they tell us, and then we know, because if we never had those one-on-ones or those chats or allow them to be open and transparent with us, then we would be like, okay, well, we're doing a great job. And then they wouldn't be happy in their culture. So by being really open with them and saying like, Hmm. what can we do for you? We've seen that become a really positive thing in our in our culture one of our employees like we hired him for a week and then he told us he's like i'm going to the memorial cup i've i've already committed as a volunteer my brother plays for for a team in the tournament so do you guys mind if we if i go and we're like yeah hell yeah like go like soak that in get that experience and uh another one of our employees just graduated from algonquin college and um you know like he he had exams and stuff and he was stressed he said hey take some time off like finish that off that's super important that's a huge accomplishment and come back and, and be ready to go and he was like wow like thank you like that's amazing that like really relieves a lot of pressure and that's the kind of culture going back to culture like that's the kind of people the kind of culture that we're building in the office where no one's like stressed out like oh my god am i gonna lose my job no it's like you have full trust we give you full trust right off the bat it's yours to lose kind of thing as opposed to like oh you have to you have to build up our trust you know like mm-hmm. i, I want to bring it back to something you said earlier about you know this this uh, this pressure to staff up all the time because mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the in, in the marketing business that I'm in, it's notorious for that. So mm-hmm. particularly here in Ottawa, there most a lot of the uh, uh, tra- traditional ad agencies staff up and lay off, staff mm-hmm. up and lay off. And I think it's a really important lesson for anyone listening that you know before you add that new 
that new position, really think it through. Are you just busy now? Mm -hmm. Is this just a temporary thing? And if so, you don't want to, you don't want to, first of all, add the overhead, let's be honest. Yeah. But you're also doing a disservice to that person you're hiring because if you don't have work for them two months down the road, that's not a good scenario for either party, right? So 100%. Yeah. So it's something I'd recommend. I, I, I like to use the analogy of, you know, you're, it's like a pot of boiling water. Mm -hmm. Wait until that thing is boiling over and then you can start taking some water, start adding some staff to the, to the team. Just go as hard as you can, as long as you can, before you have to add that, that head count. It's so, so true. And I feel like last summer we thought, you know, we need to hire and we, we did. And we learned very quickly, one, there, it was a person that wasn't super passionate. And two, I, I do a lot of like the training for her, what her position was. And I was taking more time out of mm -hmm. what I was doing, training her and, and not seeing the right results where she wasn't grasping it. So for me, I was like, okay, I can do this by myself. I'm like wasting my time um, training someone who's not really seeing the vision and not catching on. So again, like last year, last summer, we we're like, hey, everyone's telling us to hire. We need to hire. But it was really smart of us to, again, take that step back, realize that the whole everything that we accomplished in the last year, we did by ourselves. And then we hired when we were ready. So I think that you know, it's, it's great to listen to the industry and to everyone, but you really have to do what's going to help you. And what's really cool is like the three uh, staff that we have on board right now at the moment, they're super passionate they see the long play, the big vision of like where this is going. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, they're fine taking like a lower pay rather than going to work at a big agency where they're a number, you know, like yeah. they have like a very great role here where they could move up in the company and they could be managing numerous people in the near future as we grow like pretty rapidly. So like, it's nice to have these people that like understand where we're going and are invested in it almost as much as we are. It's nice. If that's possible. So, so take, take us back, you know, before you started this, were you, did, did you have entrepreneurial tendencies? Like, is this something you always, you always wanted to have your own business or this is something, it was a great idea. The timing was right. And you just dove in. Um, so my, my mom, um, she was an entrepreneur. She owned her own business. So I grew up, um, living and breathing that. And it's funny. I always tell the story where when I was getting ready to go to university, um, you know, my mom was like, one day you could take over the business. It was international freight forwarding and customs. I had no interest in it, in, in, no interest in it. And I was like, I never want to own my own business. <laughs> like I saw how, like she worked very hard. And for me, that industry wasn't appealing. And that's what I associated with entrepreneurship. But even looking back in high school, you know, like I would be the one like burning CDs because no one had a burner and I would sell them for $5 and it'd be like under the table because like you weren't really allowed to do that. So I look back and I definitely had that. And then when I moved back home from the big cities to Cornwall, I actually started my own business. It was a marketing and events business. So that was for me, I was living in a city where I had all this experience from the big cities and I had all this education and I knew I wouldn't find a job mm. that I liked and a job that would really suit me. So I created a marketing and events business. And that's actually what led me to meeting Chris when he was playing for one of the teams and broke his finger. And it, it all, um, you know, it all kind of came together. So I definitely think like for me, it's kind of born into, into me and it's just really cool the path that's led me to to here because I did try to work in the corporate world for for a long time and I just uh, I was never as happy as I am now nice. and how about yourself Chris yeah for me I think I always had like an entrepreneurial flair um I always like followed my hockey career and I think like that led me to university I went to SUNY Potsdam in upstate New York and while I was there um 
you know, I was traveling back and forth every day for hockey in, in Watertown, New York, which was an hour and a half away. Um, but I had some free time, like, you know, Mondays to kind of like Wednesday nights and then on Sundays when I was back from hockey. Um, so I started a business called UDS. It was called the Union Delivery Service. I had got approved by everybody. And um, so what I would do is like I put up these posters everywhere. People could call me and I would come to their room and they would fill out like an order form of what they wanted from the food service on campus. So I would go from the residence to campus with their student card, get the food that they wanted, swipe their card, and then they would pay me $3. So sometimes it would be three dollars here three dollars there but then other times it'd be like a whole party of people that want pizza and they want all these stuff so i would make like you know 25 bucks here and there kind of thing and so i made like almost two grand in one semester from working like part-time um and i was just about to hire another person to spread into another building and i ended up getting shut down because i didn't have like proper insurance but <laughs> hockey was getting crazy anyway so well that was my first uh you first got away with it for a while yeah <laughs> is there anything any books or any course is there anything that, that have really resonated with you since you started the business that, that really helped you kind of guide you a little bit? Oh, so much. I, I, I love reading. Yeah, um, I have like a library at me home. Um, and so many. Um, the the Happiness Equation is a really good book. Okay. Um, I find for me, you know, I've been through a lot in my life. Um in my young life. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was going through uh, a hard time and I, I find like reading that book really put a lot of things into perspective and really helped define what happiness is. And I think the world um, is so they always everyone wants to find happiness, but everyone thinks of happiness as like the end goal. They don't really see themselves being happy in the moment. Um, Crossing the Chasm is also an amazing book and it really is, <laughs> sorry, it really is that we relate to it so much being a, a tech company, a first to market app um, and having to deal with like laggers and having to deal with early adopters. And you know, it's really cool when you read these books and you see yourselves and you see yourself and you're like, oh my goodness, like I'm not the only one because so many times you're like, oh, is like, am I crazy? And then when you read a book and you're like, oh my goodness, okay, this has happened to at least this person that's written the book and I assume more. So for me, um, oh, I could list a million books, but. <laughs> yeah, give me a shot. Uh, um, definitely Crossing the Chasm was a big one that's really resonated with me, but just recently we had uh, a five-time Xterra World Triathlete stay with us and uh, her husband is a sports psychologist. So, um, you know, she performs at a very high level and you have to be very mentally tough. Um, and they, they actually wrote a book called The Brave Athlete and one of the things they talk about in the book is different parts of the brain and they have their own names for it like one's called the chimp brain which is like your your limbic first system. yeah your limbic system your first reaction um and the controlling that chimp brain in the front is like the professor so for us like um it's we re we relate to that sometimes like if shannon's like going off i'm like hey that's your chimp brain speaking it's not you and then we calm <laughs> each other down and we realize like you know it's uh sometimes rash decisions or emotions uh can be controlled and it's it, entrepreneurship I find so many similarities from like the sports world uh, that cross over so for me uh, The Brave Athlete by Leslie Patterson was a good one and uh, Simon Marshall shout out mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so do you guys do you have an ongoing commitment to to learning and like is there if you actually set goals around or it just happens naturally for both of you um I just I naturally like love to read um sometimes I find like I 
I don't set enough time out to read for myself. Like I used to read, I remember like in a in one summer I read like 11 books and sometimes I'm always like, I need to read more, but you know, sometimes it's hard to find the time. And Chris is really good. Chris, um, you know, reads a ton like LinkedIn. He scours it all day. He's always reading like news, listening to podcasts. Um, so I mean, for me, I, I do need to be better at taking that time off because for me, I've always been a big reader and sometimes like running a business, you don't have those extra, those extra minutes or hours. And when you do, it's like, you just want to like sleep or like turn your brain off. So, uh, Chris is, Chris is really good at doing that though. Yeah. Like for me reading a book, um, I'm less enthused about rather than like <laughs> reading an article on LinkedIn or listening to a podcast. For, I think everybody learns differently. And for me, that's just like, um, my most effective way of learning, but I don't know, like if you can be addicted to LinkedIn, but I would say that I'm as close as possible to that <laughs> as possible. Like, but you know what, like LinkedIn has led to so many great things, not only leads and, uh, opportunities, but you know, finding different pitch competitions and different, you know, things like that, that has really like exploded our business in a good way and really like helped us grow so um huge fan of linkedin that's my form of like learning i guess um so you mentioned earlier your business was in marketing and events mm -hmm. so what's been the biggest marketing challenge you faced since starting this i mean i think for us like and and both our backgrounds is it's sales and marketing mm. and you always think well i know what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> but whenever it's so we have a first to market app a lot of our marketing and a lot of what we're um, selling to people, not selling, but getting out to people is is new to them. So it's about educating them. And it's not just about like marketing and being like, here, download the app or to a team like here, license the app. For us, it's about like literally starting at the at the bottom and teaching people to not just download and sign up, but also to redeem their deals and letting them know like this is free. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to link your credit card or buy your deal in advance because that's how everyone thinks. So a lot of people think, oh, you know, this is how it's always been done. So it's going to cost me somewhere down the road. And we're like, no, it doesn't. So it's, it's been a bit of a challenge mm -hmm. in really educating new users and p potential users about what we are and, and how we're actually helping people and teams and sponsors. Yeah. Shannon touched on the users, but I think like there's like the teams, right? Like um, sports tech is blowing up. Esports is blowing up and like technology isn't allowing teams and organizations to do things that they never could do before or more efficiently. So it's really exciting to be in that space and to be reading articles all day about big investments and big tech sports accelerators that are popping up here and there. And, um, you know, she mentioned like, uh, adoption of technology and some teams like the NBA is a leader in um, in sports tech adoption and there's others some there's some other leagues that are, are more laggers going back to crossing the chasm so it's really like frustrating when you get one person for example that you know is doing the sales and marketing for a junior a team and he's super excited but he sees the vision he's like wow this is an amazing tool and then you'll talk to another junior a team here in Ottawa and they're just like yeah, like, um, you know, our fan base is older and I don't think they would use this. And it's like, no, that's the problem, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're promoting to an older demographic. Mm -hmm. Who's going to be watching your games in the next five years? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's so yeah. it's just like tweaking people's perspectives and like how they think um, to adopt technology more fluently. And and at the core of fan saves, we're a marketing and data company. We're helping 
businesses and teams to, to advertise in a new way. And it's like Chris said, there's laggers. I was speaking to one team, um, having a conversation and they're like, you know what? We're actually going back to direct mailers. We found in the past that was really like efficient and it helped us. And I was like, that was efficient. Like how much money do you spend on direct mailers? And they were like, they, they gave me a, a price and I was like, you, do you understand that? Like this, that is, is not really effective. And this is a more effective way. Um, and it's just when you hear those comments, sometimes it's like, okay, how do I, how can I make it even more clear? Cause that's what marketing is all about. Right. A clear, concise message. Right. And when we're like, you're so involved in it, we're like, this message is very clear and concise, but then we're thankful for like, again, our advisors and, you know, um, uh, focus groups that we've mm -hmm. done and, and stuff when people are like, well, maybe they're not understanding this. So that's, helped us with that challenge because for us, we're like, we're so inv invested and involved that we're like, how do people not get it? Mm -hmm. But then when we go back to the drawing board, we're like, okay, our messaging has to change in this way for people who would never understand this to get it. Yes. So believe it or not, we're, we're almost out of time here. <laughs> well, time so last. La last question for you guys. Is there any advice you give to our listeners in terms of that, that fine line between working on the business and in the business? Is there anything that you've come across um, uh, a technique that perhaps uh, works for you that you could share? Oh, I'd be delighted if you'd say <laughs> it. <laughs> think um, it. I think it's, it's really hard. I think that, um, you know, anyone who says that it's easy to, to, to change, to, you know, do either, um, my, I don't know if that's completely truthful, especially at this part in our business. We definitely like want to get to that part in our business and we have, you know, those goals to be working on the business. And I think we're getting better at it now that we've ha we've um, hired employees, but there's still so much when it's your baby, you you want to be like at ground zero. You want to be in there like working on that at midnight and making sure that things are fixed because I don't know, for me, I'm a little bit of like a, a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm like, I need to be, no. I need, <laughs> I need <laughs> to be like uh, working right in there yeah. for it to, to be, to be done properly. And like, it's how I think it's, having that trust in people around you, which is something I'm really working on, um, and building a team that you can trust. And again, that's why we're lucky that we are building out that team, because if you don't have people around you that you trust, and if you don't have people or a co-founder around you that is helping you, is, is showing you a, a perspective from the outside, then you might not even know that you're so working, working so much in the business instead of working mm -hmm. on it. So I think it's, you know, getting and taking people's perspective from the outside and actually, you know, being a little bit humble and, and saying like, okay, you're right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like we always say, like, um, we have the same brain. Like we think so much alike. We finish each other's sentences sometimes. And like, she just said exactly what I was going to say, but mm -hmm. I'll, I'll reiterate. Cause I think it's so important. Like you have to put your staff in a position to succeed. You need to provide them with all the tools and information that they need to succeed. And once you've hired them, you've made a commitment to them that you see the skills and potential that they have. And you have to have that trust in your employees that they're going to go out and work hard and they're going to progress the business and that you can unload some of the menial, less important things um, and focus on more important things like sales and business development. And that's really going to grow your business. I think that's the formula. And um, we're just excited to be in that stage right now and, and rocking it out so it's 
We what next time we're in, we'll say we're only working on the business. <laughs> when I have you guys back a year from now, yeah. that'll, that'll be, be <laughs> that's the, the goal. Gurus of the yeah. So, where can our listeners find out more about uh, about what you do? Um, sure, our website is a great place to start. So, fansaves.com. Um, like Chris said, we're both very active on LinkedIn. Uh, Shannon Ferguson, 12 is mine. Chris McCarthy, 8 is uh, Chris's. Those are our hockey of numbers, of course. Of course, course. I assume that. <laughs> with the theme, yeah. yeah. Um, our <laughs> app is available on the App Store, the Play Store. We'd love if uh, listeners wanted to download it to take a look and uh, get a better understanding. Um, Social media, again, we're active, fan saves uh, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and we also have a LinkedIn uh, uh, page for fan saves as well. Oh, she left me something to say. So um, we also have a blog called Living the Startup. And that basically it's us writing about like our experiences uh, as entrepreneurs and, um, you know, advice that we can give to new founders and things that we've learned along the way and from our mentors. So uh, definitely check that out. And Livingthestartup.com and then our social medias we have around that as well. So that's more of like our personal journey, like our trips to Berlin or pitching. Um, if anyone wants to actually follow us, livingthestartup.com, but fancy is um, is more of like the business brand. Thanks for your time, guys. I really appreciate it. That was Thank a lot of fun. Thank you so much, much for having Thanks. us. It's been great.